Welcome to Hamstrings and Heartstrings, where running is great. Except when it's not. I'm Ellie. And I'm Chris. Is it your pace or mine today, Chris? Your pace, Ellie Pell. Well, today is April 5th, and it is a beautiful day. And we've done some running this weekend, haven't we, Chris? We, you know what? Finally, for once, we can actually say we have done some running instead of Ellie has done some running. So that's very exciting. <laughs> it's always good. Yeah. Yes. Um, and running, uh, running uh, for ourselves as much as for um, the community and the people we care about. So that's pretty great. Yeah, this weekend was the first weekend in a while where it actually sort of felt a little bit more normal, like a little bit more like we're all in this, we're all together. This is really cool. Um, not, not like a, not extremely normal, but like a little bit more in that way. I had a little bit more joy, a little more hope, a little more feeling of community than I've had in a long time. And I, I think, I think we all really needed something like that. Yeah. Do you think it's um, it's because we're settling in and getting used to this or because there is some optimism on the horizon? I think a little bit of both. I mean, the problem for me is I just it's really hard for me to accept this as the new normal because I feel like accepting it is like admitting defeat. <laughs> but I know that's really silly because. I just need to, and I have been, just be responsible and do what we have to do right now to get through this. But I think a lot of the problem with um, people not following regulations or doing things appropriately is because they just don't want to admit that this is might be the new normal for a while and they want to just, you know, ignore it, you know, ignore the problem and then it doesn't exist. And I don't think that's appropriate. But I do think that this week just... This weekend, especially, there were a lot of opportunity for us to, you know, be creative. And I think the running community has been very innovative and very, we've really risen to the occasion with trying to be physically distant, but socially close. And I think that's really important. And so I think this, this is the first weekend that it really, we really shined in what and like how we're overcoming the problems that we have right now. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. I think like we are, it, you don't want to accept this as this is normal, right? Like you don't, you don't want to do that, but you don't want to go back to trying to pretend that the previous way is normal because that's how we drool all over each other and, get sick. So you want like, you want to be like, yes, things are different, but that doesn't mean we have to be different, right? We just have to adjust our behaviors, but that, I don't know. It's weird. I, I get what you're saying though. You don't want to say, okay, this is the way it's going to be forever, but you also don't want to say, screw this. I'm doing what I want and going back to normal. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think important. it's important for me to use that language. Like, this is what we're doing right now, yeah. or this is how we're handling this right now. But I do keep different dates or different, um, even like, 
it used to be races, but now it's just different things that I'm looking forward to that, oh, maybe things will be better by then. Or, and it's just something to look forward to, even if they're not completely back to normal or back to what I thought was normal by then it still is just like, oh, well, maybe there's like a little something to look forward to out there. So it, it's not races right now. For me, it's at the end of May, I'm moving and or in midsummer, like my or my sister's birthday is at the end of June, um, things like that, that I'm like, oh, maybe things will be better by then, you know, or but I definitely am not self up the world is going to be back to normal by this because I think just like even though it felt like very fast that we got a lot of new regulations and things closed it was like just like we came into this coronavirus like things closed and then more things closed and then we got more regulations and then this I think that going out of the coronavirus is going to need to be a gradual going out like I don't think it's going to be like wake up one day, no social distancing, go at it. Because if we do that, then we might have more problem. And um, so I think, you know, pacing myself, but also looking forward to things getting a little bit better in a couple months. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm started, maybe the thing that I've started to do is make the turn as to what are the good things that are going to come back as we come out of this as opposed to all of the bad things that or all of the things that won't come back. You know, before this, I was thinking about how many of my favorite restaurants are going to be uh, gone. How many of my friends who had a job they really liked might not have that job anymore. Um, what's going to happen to the airlines? Are we even going to have airlines anymore? What about Airbnb? What does that look? And I was like, that's all terrible. I can't do anything about that. I started thinking about, hey, we might be able to start getting back together at Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Hey, you know, maybe people have learned how to be polite in Wegmans and like things like that, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to the point of like, maybe these things will be welcomed back into our lives and not taken so much for granted. So I agree with you. That Definitely. Is a little bit more of a normal week, I guess, maybe. And I definitely think that it's, I mean, studies show that after things like this, global pandemics or hardships, things that really wreck communities, it's after that they actually do start to, it, sometimes it takes a little bit, but they get better. Things get better. Like, uh, we, I mean, we'll, we'll probably be in a little bit of a economic downturn for a while, but then things do get better because I know even personally in my own life, whenever my back is against the wall or I am in a situation where I really have no other choice than to figure my way out of it is when I start to thrive. And I always, we always will rise to the occasion. Um, uh, an example that I can give right now is like, I lived in a van for seven months just to see if I could. But part of that was, I was never going to search out survival skills or search out like, I was never going to teach myself how to fix a car or teach myself about 
all the things that I needed to learn to live in this van unless my back was against the wall and I was living in a van and I had to know how to do it. So I think that when humans are forced into a situation where we just have to overcome, we do. And I am very comforted by that. And I think we will. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't we? Right. Why not? <laughs> got nothing better to do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, um, running life, uh, two big things this weekend in our own little worlds and one big thing across the world, right? There was the quarantine ultra all over the world. Um, but you, uh, and Amelia did your quarantine ultra and, um, a bunch of people here in the Rochester area and, and around, you know, the Rochester area did the, uh, virtual COVID-19, uh, and it, it turned into a 19 miler, a 1.9 miler, a 19 K, but so many people out running to essentially raise money for our local shops, right? That's all this mm -hmm. week. Maybe that's why it feels more normal for us because all of our friends were out running and doing the thing that they love. Yeah, it definitely did feel like a normal weekend that I would see on social medias and Instagrams and stuff. It was just like, oh, yeah, this is, I remember this <laughs> back in the good old days. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great seeing everybody out there and just, I mean, we really did like come together distantly. <laughs> Yeah, right. Socially, socially distant uh, community. <laughs> so like we mentioned in the last episode, um, Amelia and I decided about a week, like a, a day or so before we recorded that episode, um, that we were going to um, basically set up a fundraising page and a Google Doc and ask our friends and um, followers across the platforms if they would donate to our fundraiser in the Big Backyard Ultra to help um, fund or raise money for the Finger Lakes Running Store, CTB, and Finger Lakes Fitness Centers. Uh, basically, our premise was we were doing it in conjunction with the Backyard Quarantine Ultra from Personal Peak Fitness, and every hour on the hour, we were going to run 4.16 miles starting at 9 a.m., and we were just going to see how long we could go. Basically, I mean, we didn't have any, um, grander plans of running a hundred miles or anything. We were, it was really like, we're going to run until it stops being fun. Um, and so we were going to do it on a treadmill, but I'm then we so decided, happy. I'm so happy. You yeah. Know. I don't know what I was thinking about with that one, but anyway, um, the wool was pulled over my eyes and, we decided to do it outside, actually. And so uh, at 9 a.m., Amelia and I started, and we ended up running 10 loops. So we got to 41.6 miles. And to, I'm saying that we ran for 10 hours because that's the longest that I've ever run before in my life. So I'm just going to say we ran for 10 hours. And it was honestly, Chris, it was the funnest thing because you ran for like 40 minutes and then you got to just chill and sit. And I mean, 
it was, it was great. And you sort of got like a little rest. And to be honest, I think that we probably could have kept going. Like she, she, at towards the end, Amelia was like, we got to do Biggs Backyard Ultra in October. This would be so much fun. And I was just like, whoa, Nelly. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Actually. We, I never had a low point. I mean, like, I think I said to Amelia after about six loops felt like my legs felt like I had just worked a really busy eight hour shift because we did go very, very slow. And Amelia kept reminding me like, we got tons of time, you know, like let's do, we can walk what our, our route had one hill on it. And, um, I man, I think I ran half of them more than half of the hills each loop, but, uh, we walked some of them. We really just like talked and just, it, we went slowly and just, it was really great. We really just, there was nothing. We just kept saying there is nothing more better than there's nothing else I'd want to be doing right now. Just running all day with my friend and I haven't run or spent a day out like a whole day outside like that in so long it felt really good it felt almost normal except for whenever we saw someone we would like you know each split like the parting of the red sea and like get to get six feet around them and just um so but you know the format was really great and now I'm thinking like why hasn't anybody wrote wrote a book called like how to run your first 50k really easily in eight hours run four miles rest for 20 minutes like like honestly I really feel like more people would complete ultras if that was their plan like because like really if we didn't if we were a little bit more trained probably and also we both really didn't want to wreck ourselves because just in case we got injured or super sore running is something that we want to be able to do during this period of time. And so it just wasn't worth it to us to keep pushing laps. If, you know, we could chance an injury or something that would make uh, not allow us to run at all during this time. So we did have a hard stop at 10 loops, which we made. And yeah, I, I had no low points. We, Amelia and I, we even, prepared ourselves to like be annoyed with each other and brought headphones like but we never did we talked the whole time um it was honestly it was a great fundraiser and um we're not we're not positive of the total yet because we're still waiting on two people that said that they would donate a set amount but didn't specify so I'm still waiting on those two but we have almost made fifteen hundred dollars which which is like nothing. We had 30 pledges. Amelia was like, we might get 10. And I was like, but 10 is more than zero and 10 is some money. And that's just what I kept telling her the whole week. But you know, for only like really advertising on my Instagram page, throwing up a real casual event on a really new Facebook page that not many people follow yet. And just sort of basically using the spare time that I had this past week to you know, shout it out, making 1500 bucks isn't too bad. I'm pretty happy about that. So thank you to everybody that donated. And thank you to everybody that had a kind word for us. We had a blast and we raised some money. So you never know, maybe it helped. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure those stores are going to appreciate it. Um, by the way, uh, it might not have made it to your, uh, news circles, but, um, the rest of us 
have read the books on how to run an ultra slow and steady. <laughs> we know how to run. We know how to run 50 Ks in eight hours. <laughs> maybe you just haven't looked at that uh, bookshelf in the library. <laughs> I, and maybe it was written in a language I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, um, but a little bit. Yeah. And it makes tons of sense. I mean, I, I feel like I could have kept running all day. I really like now I'm like, maybe this should be my hundred mile strategy. Um, but yeah, we, everything went extremely well. And, um, yeah, I, that's really all I have to say about it. It was, it was great. And I wish that I was racing for different circumstances, but to be completely honest, actually, I, when we finished, I remember I was just sitting in a chair alone because Amelia was like, I'm going home. And I was like, okay, bye. But I had to like, just reflect on what we just did because this whole pandemic, I'm someone that I, I work and I manage a cafe. Yes. But also I really like how I can make someone's day or I feel like I'm making a difference, even though it might be just making someone not hungry anymore or whatever. But and so I think I've also missed that. And I felt like this is the first time in since I lost some of my job like that. I and this pandemic happened that I actually was able to make a difference. And it felt so good because I, I mean, I was able to help three places that really make my life as rich as it is. And it just felt so good that I said I was going to do this a week ago. And I did it. And we were, how did we run 41 miles today? Like, I don't know, but we did it and we raised money and we, we made a difference. And that made me feel really, really good. And so that's all Amelia and I have been talking about today is just one, we need to wash everything, but two, just, we made a difference. And I am now a believer that, I mean, I can make a difference and it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. Good on you, both of you. It's pretty great. How was your uh, COVID virtual miler? I was following that as much as I could throughout the day. There was a lot of live streaming and stuff that I had to do and like show my watch to my the camera. And so I was trying to keep up with stuff. But, you know, most of the I sort of relived it today. So how was your run? Well, it's, it's really interesting because the way that it was set up um, was, yeah, it was like you have between April 4th and April, what's today? Uh, you have between Fifth. April 3rd and April 5th, right? So a lot of people who signed up for the 19 miler might not have been those people that wanted to run 19 miles all in a stretch, but they still wanted to donate or be part of the event. So it's really been like a big three days of everybody getting out and running and, you know, a lot of like um, a lot of pride in participating and having done it and sharing and, you know, a lot of like encouragement. And um, so I did um, I did mine in three parts because as as um, astute listeners might know, <laughs> it's been a while since Chris has done uh, 19 miles in, in one session Um so on Friday, I did six and a half, and that was really good. Um, I think I did like, you know, nine, I think I did nine thirties down to like, I did like a bit of a progressive run down to like, you know, just above nine minutes or something. So I think I finished nine, uh, six and a half in 56 minutes or something, and I felt good. Not and too I was, shabby. I was like, hey, this felt actually all right. 
Um, so then yesterday, Saturday, I did eight miles um, in like 112. And again, I did negative splits the whole time. So I like started feeling better as I was running. Uh, so I had done six and a half and eight. And then today I did uh, four and a half. And overall, I feel pretty darn good, you know, like, and it was good to just like, I think, and, and this started last week, I think like I'm at the point where, you know, I used to, so the reason I stopped running right outside my door was because they put up, um, I live in like a suburban area and they put up a guardrail on the side of this really long road. And that guardrail increased the average speed on the road by 10 miles an hour. So what used to be a 35 mile an hour road where people drove 40, now people are driving 50 on average. So I stopped running out my door because, well, I, you know, would like to keep running. Um, but now there's nobody on the roads. So it's really nice. And I'm not commuting home from work. So in that regard, like I just go, hey, I got to do this run. Oh, my shorts are right there. I'll just put my shorts on and I'll go run. And so, like, I removed that friction associated with going running. Like, where am I going to go today? What am I, what time am I going to do it? Like, if the thought enters my mind, I just go. And having this, like, you know, the um, charity run and that purpose, like, set up as, like, a motivator was, you know, almost a little bit of serendipity. Like, I'm going to do this thing because I signed up for it and it's benefiting this cause and I want to run. And I have the availability and it's kind of fun right now. So like it all really sort of lined up. Um, so it's been good. I think tomorrow I might just go for a long walk with the dog <laughs> and, and then maybe sort of try to run again on Tuesday. I mean, I don't feel sore, but I also don't want to sort of, you know, overdo it just because I'm all happy and excited. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't too sore. I don't, I don't never sleep very well. Then after races, like by the time we got, time I got home and showered and was finally eating, it was like 830. And then I didn't, I don't sleep very well after races. Um, but I woke up and I wasn't sore. I was tired, but I think that might've just been because, you know, when you're sleeping is when your body recovers and builds muscle and, you know, everything resets basically. And so I didn't get that great of sleep. Um, I didn't run today. Obviously I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to run tomorrow. Um, I kind of also need a little bit of like a mental reset. I think I used running as like a coping strategy during my first week of unemployment. And although it worked, it also, at that point, it also, you know, made me, I do need like a little bit of a mental readjust. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep running 120 miles a week just because I, have time. Like I don't, I just want, I needed it to cope for a little bit of time. And so now I think that I've coped and, um, back to reset. And then I did this fundraiser and I had a wonderful time and it brought running back to joy rather running back running as coping, which is really important to me. And so, um, I'm not really sure what's gonna be thus forward, but it's going to be back to a more like manageable Ellie level than like, uh, Ellie's upset. So here's 120 miles. Um, so I'm not sure what that means, but I also like, I would go running. Like if my sister was like, Hey, I'm coming up. Do you want to go running tomorrow? I'd be like, sure. But I also 
you know, I'm just going to be cautious because I feel really good right now running or not. And, um, I have a couple things that I might think about doing or just experimenting with, but I feel very content right now. So I think maybe just a couple more days of this like contentment where I'm just doing more, maybe get on the bike or uh, do some stretching, more mobility, just being very gentle with my body for a couple days, um, building up some reserves and stuff like that, uh, I think would be good for me right now. And um, yeah, just I'm very like Saturday was really good for me. I needed like the reset and I'm so happy that we were successful. And I just, I still feel just like that post race glow, but it wasn't really a race. It's like that post, I did a really good thing glow. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I think one thing we didn't mention is I think it's really cool that like Ian's house was your uh, aid station loop. Um, Ian from Finger Lakes and Red Newt. And I think that that was really neat that that was kind of like your home base. How did that happen? Yeah, I was so happy he agreed. Really, on Wednesday of this past week, I sent a text message to him and just said, so Amelia and I were kind of thinking we want to do this outside. Is it okay if we use your house as a home base and then run on the South Hill Wreckway? He's like, for sure, yeah, I'll set up a tent and all this stuff. And he was great about it. Um, we the, And his daughters loved it. We made sure they stayed out of the tent and didn't get close to us and stuff like that. But they just loved, like, they sat on his Red Newt Racing truck like army vehicle and the whole time just talking to us and like uh asking us questions and they were great and so that was really fun and um ian was good he ran with us a couple loops he actually he ran 21 miles yesterday and that's the most he's run since january because a couple weeks ago he took a little fall at the roller skating park and so uh yeah but uh it was it was awesome because you know he brought us together and we're raising money for his store. And so it just, it really all felt like it was supposed to happen in that way. And, um, it was good. Yeah. And you, you run for red nude and Amelia works for finger lakes and Ian's huge in the Ithaca community. Like it's all, you know, I mean the people, people doing what people do, you know, it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And a lot of people, he told us like really good stories about people coming out of the woodwork and like people are still ordering shoes and which is great. And, um, they're getting their online store up and running, which is wonderful. So it just made me have some high hopes because I know that running a specialty that owning in a specialty running store right now is a little bit, uh, just, specialty running stores are dying because of Amazon and things like that. But I think that with grassroots activism, like what we're doing and how we still have from the stores and we encourage people to go do that because we know it's better. I think that we can have an influence and we don't, it doesn't need to be just an Amazon world. We can, you know, keep it local and keep it home. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's hit that food corner, huh? Yeah, I have actually a recipe. Well, it's not even. Sorry. Unless we're gonna get a unless we're gonna get a sound button, you gotta you gotta sing along with me. All right. Do 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 do. All right. Um, 
so this, well, it's not really a recipe. I have a list of ingredients that I mix together that I know the consist- consistency that I want. And so there we are. That's Ellie's, uh, these are Ellie's hobo brownies. Uh, I've been making these for the past couple weeks and they're Ellie's hobo protein brownies actually, cause they do have protein powder in them. Um, it's basically six overripe bananas. Um, I say like four ish scoops of protein powder, basically like once, like one serving of protein powder. And then I usually make four cause I make an eight by eight pan. But so anyway, um, so bananas, protein powder, peanut butter, and usually cocoa powder if I have it and then chocolate chips. But basically I mash all the bananas and then I stir in the protein powder and cocoa powder and sometimes regular flour if it's not binded up enough until you get like a brownie consistency. It's very scientific. And then I mix in some chocolate chips and I put it in an eight by eight pan and I bake it for 20, 25 minutes. And then there you go. I have dessert for four days and I've been doing it and they're really, they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. Wow. So yeah. where where are the chocolate chips, Ellie? Where are the chocolate chips? Are you not where a, are they? Are you not a chocolate chips in your brownie? Yeah, I person? said chocolate chips. Oh, you did? Yeah. I got overripe. I got overripe bananas, protein chocolate powder, chips co- right here. Okay. Keeping them in the freezer. I must have missed them. Good diva. Ooh, you classy thing. I know. I was like, I worked a, a little bit this week, so I splurged for the good diva a dollar nice. more. And I, it t- like, honestly, I stood in that aisle for about 10 minutes. Like, do I, should I do this? Do I deserve this? Should I do, but I, I like extra dark. I don't know. And they just like, there isn't just an off brand of extra dark. So somebody get on that. Cause oh, I'll buy you. I'll buy the off brand. Godiva extra dark chocolate chips are where it's at. They're worth the extra dollar and you do deserve it. All right. Well, thank you. You, ra- you raised yep. $1,500 for your community. You, That's uh, true. you ran for let's say you ran for 10 hours let's say that that's fine <laughs> thanks <laughs> i think i think you earned your chocolate chip brownie Sally. <laughs> what about you what's uh, good for food for you uh well for me um i don't know my my um let's call it consumables um my local brewery roarbox uh, closed for a little while until they could figure out their um, how to safely uh, do takeout. Um, they they have a like a door you walk in and everybody's got to walk in and out and be near each other and touch each other and everything and blah blah blah. So they figured out how to safely serve people and now they have online ordering. So I can now uh, order my beer from my favorite local brewery. And go pick it up, and I don't have to go all the way to the deep, dark recesses at the back of Wegmans and past all the people and everything. I can just pull up my car, and they drop it right in my car, and I drive away. So that's uh, my my food of the week is Roarbox beer. <laughs> From uh, Cliff Bars last week to beer this week. You are living the high life. <laughs> you know what? Hey, don't... Listen, <laughs> we're building each other up here. <laughs> I said high life. Not not Miller Rohrbachs. We're good. Um, yeah, so uh, that's what I got. Um, other than that, my wife is keeping me um, fed 
Uh, she made a amazing uh, dinner of these roasted vegetables today: um, carrots, Brussels sprouts, uh, Brussels sprouts, parsnips, and tofu, all roasted up together, which was legitimately awesome. Um, so yeah, that's what's that's what's really keeping me alive is is my wife's mm-hmm. cooking. <laughs> During the Uh, event yesterday, I actually ate all real food. I didn't have one, like any, not purposely. I actually forgot it. So there you are. Uh, I didn't have any like goose or any like actual sports nutrition. I ate Southwest sourdough bread from CTB, Italian wedding soup from CTB, um, hummus from CTB, chips from my chip from my chip store locker in my in my apartment and a lot of uh water coffee and uh that kept me alive my i have decided though my favorite ultra food is definitely soup mm. i just love it's soup that, it's that salty salty warm yeah. core right Salty yeah in the core but this was just but it was it was kind of got warm out so actually my soup was like cold room temperature cold um but i still it's just that salty bonus if it has like noodles in it or something yeah you know i do like i do like a good i do like a good soup too the thing is if you don't have a big enough um nozzle on your handheld you can't really get the noodles out through your handheld nozzle it's kind of problematic yeah It'll, I guess it'll be something I have to invent. I, I found a few things. Like I got to write a book about how to run a eight-hour 50K, and I got to make the soup nozzle. Yeah, the soup nozzle. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your bladder, soup? Soup. <laughs> how you get those noodles out? Well, look at this innovative new nozzle. <laughs> I go on Shark Tank. <laughs> I think this is one Look, that just we, slurp it. I think just this slurp is one. it. This is one that we market to I Run Fire and Ultimate Direction. I think we, I get, think so. we get those two working on it. Yeah. <laughs> the soup or, if, or if somebody has one, please share because Ellie would love that. Okay. Although normally I just, once I'm, once I'm craving soup in a race though, like that's at the point where I can stop and just down a bunch of soup at once and then just keep going. Mm. So... Yeah. Sometimes I don't need I don't need to sip in soup. I can just glug her down. This is a time for innovation. Yes. It is. It is. <laughs> now I can just all these things. Just yeah. oh, what are you doing? I'm I'm practicing my uh soup sipper. Yeah, my soup Pro- sipper. Patent pending. Patent pending. Yeah. Want some soup? Anybody? Anybody? On the trail? Just open Stay up. I'll just, I'll just squirt it down. I'll just squirt it. Yeah. Six feet of range. Yeah. And if, like, I used to eat, when I was younger, I used to have, we used to have the uh, Mrs. Grass. Have you ever heard of that one? It's like, it's like packet soup, but it used to have this, um, they used to call it like the magic egg. And it was basically like the bullion crystal. And so it was really, really small noodles. Like maybe they were a quarter to a half inch, really thin, small noodles. And there was lots of them. And then you had this little magic egg that would fall out of the packet. Pretty great. And I think oh, that I might like make magic it, eggs. I think, 
I think that that might come through. Uh, I think that might be the soup nozzle first goal rather than like oh. egg noodles. We should go for like Mrs. Grass noodles. Okay. You know, magic eggs are great. You know, my favorite um, oatmeal is, is the dinosaur eggs. <laughs> we put in the hot water and the eggs disintegrate and the dinosaurs are. <laughs> I'm like, this is the best. It's magic. Like, and it gets, it's like just your coated sugar. It's just like, it's sweeter. And then there's dinosaurs. And then you're just like, I catch some dinosaurs and it's only seven in the morning. That's awesome. You just gobble them up. They were going to be dinosaurs, but, oh, that's what it is. I'm, I was going to send you a picture. It's not called a magic egg. It's called the golden flavor nugget. <laughs> oh, even better. Who doesn't love a nugget? A golden flavor nugget. So, yeah, oh. there you go. Well, I want I came prepared because at the end of each show, we now have a Patreon account. Mm-hmm. And we have one Patreon subscriber who I actually know. He came, he and his best friend Capri came to our altar yesterday just to cheer us on. His name is Nick Ruiz. Yes, Nick that's Ruiz. how you say his last name. He's our, he our first Patreon subscriber. He's our first Patreon subscriber. And um, when I asked him what he wanted us to shout out, because we were very thankful, he wanted us to send some love and healing vibes to he and Capri's dog, Bella, who is unfortunately having some um, kidney issues, has glaucoma, and it might be Bella's last week this week. So they are going to be going through a little bit of even more sadness. Um, But Bella's had a wonderful life. She's 11. And so she's actually very old. And so I just wanted to send them some love and support and some, some, if not healing vibes to Bella, just some comfort vibes in her last couple days. So that's really important. Yes. Peaceful, peaceful comfort vibes. Um, I went through that with my pup and it's, and it's really tough. Um, they give a lot to us and they, they ask so little in return. So good on you, Bella. Good on you. And because Nick is a Patreon subscriber, he can have the recipe. I will actually sit down and write down the actual ingredients to Ellie's hobo brownies. If he would like the recipe. So Nick, if you want Ellie's hobo brownies, please send me a DM or a text message because he actually has my text message number. So, and you will get that recipe. Well, Ellie, I'll show you um, how to do the Patreon thing. We'll put it out for our Patreon supporters at the, as we've established the Ellie's hobo stew level and we can post it. And then anybody Ellie's hobo recipe level. Yeah. Anybody that happens to, uh, yeah, Ellie's hobo recipes and anybody happens to sign up to be a Patreon after this, we'll also get it. Um, yeah. And props to Nick for being intrepid, uh, sticking his toe in the water, and uh, helping Ellie buy uh, her Godiva chocolate chips this month. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Truly appreciate it, though. Pretty great. And Pretty you great. can follow uh, us, Hamstrings and Heartstrings, on Instagram. You can follow me at Gazelli on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Chris at running inside out on Instagram and a little bit Twitter. And he just put out an episode today. I saw that. Oh. So I know what I'm going to be listening to during my walk tomorrow. 
They find they said it would never happen again. They never they said it wouldn't happen. Well, running inside out is alive and well. Damn it! <laughs> yes, it is. Just took a second. You know, it was hibernating, yeah, getting well, better. It was yeah. It was uh, it was social distancing for a bit. Back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's acceptable during these times. Yeah. Um. Thank you, everybody. And and yes, thank you for listening. And I think maybe our our theme song might be appropriate this week. I think it is. Hooray! All right, Ellie. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.